Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Established Collection. I'm Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? We've reached a dozen, Cody. I like it. Ten double, double digits. Double digits. It feels good. I like the energy off the top. We're we're ready to go. I'm ready. We were we're riding high off adrenaline from Trey Young's. I, what can you say at this point? This dude is insane. There's no words anymore. I mean, he's exceeded all expectations. I mean, that happened long ago, but now, I mean, it's just at at this point, there's he's ice dry. He's ice cold. I mean, nothing, nothing, no one can stop him. Nothing can, and it's incredible. And it makes me feel better about my Knicks loss, by the way, the fact that they're now up 1-0 in the Eastern (laughs) Conference Finals. I mean, come on. You feel a lot better losing to somebody like Trey after he does that against Giannis. I I messaged you, we we were deciding when we were going to record, I messaged you like two minutes three minutes to go in the game. I was like, man, Giannis is that dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he looked great tonight. He did. He did. But... He, he looked amazing. But it turns out Trey is that dude. Not I enough mean, for Trey. Yeah. Sick. Sick. Just, a, just an awesome performance. It really is. And uh, it's good to see. It's good for all the little guys. I know you don't know this about Cody. We've never met in person, but I'm five foot six. Uh, I am not a very tall human being. So it's very good for for us in our stature. And and he's he's doing doing great things for the little people of the world. I've seen a few full body pics of you, Gary, yeah. just browsing your Twitter. And, and Thank you. I think the one that, that sticks out the most is Nerland, you with wow. Nerlens. And that's really tough to gauge your height. But <laughs> I could be 6'2 in that one. It still looks small. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. It's... Yeah, we're, we're, we're riding high off playoff fastball, obviously. And we, we, we realized as we were thinking through show topics last week that we're, we're a, 10 episodes in and we haven't really dedicated a full episode to the hottest craze in the collectibles hobby lately and and that's top shot so we're going to spend a little bit of time today talking about top shot neither gary nor i claim to be top shot experts we got in around the same time probably most of you did Uh, i mentioned that i got in after the bales tweet and gary held out a little bit longer than i did um there's there's so many great resources out there honestly the top shot community is amazing we just want to talk through this from like a basketball standpoint and uh, I think we can we can maybe add a little bit of context around some of the stuff that's going on on Top Shot, just given Gary's background in the cardboard world and some of the stuff that he's taught me and my background in the fractional space. So maybe we just give a little bit different perspective and just kind of lean on our strengths today as opposed to, you know, trying to be Top Shot experts out here. But um, yeah, it's it's time that we give Top Shot its its moment in our spotlight. So we're going to we're going to talk through some Top Shot stuff today. Yep. I mean, we said from the start, this episode, uh, the series is always going to be about collectibles, collectibles as a whole. I mean, part of the reason that we probably even got this greenlit was because of how big NFTs and Top <laughs> Shot were. And we want to give that its its due, as you've said. Um, yeah, I mean, not, neither of us are experts, as we said, but we both have been involved in it. We are we've lined up for pack drops now for months and we get excited when we hit cool moments. And we're um, I, I think both of us, both you and I are still bullish on on the potential future of Top Shot and the future of other sports NFTs that are going to be coming up. So definitely uh, excited to talk some Top Shot today. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that, that's the other thing, man. There's going to be, uh, you got to think just with the the success that, that Top Shot has and, and Dapper has had over the first year of their product that NFL is going to be coming. MLB's got it. Well, this MLB's got the tops <laughs> release that we talked about. Yeah. Uh, but we know UFC's, UFC's in the pipeline. So, yeah, there's there's going to be more to come. It, it makes sense to get a foundational knowledge of, of Top Shot and things like that. Uh, even if you're not into NBA, there's going to be future products coming. So uh, let's let's get started on some of the recent stuff that Top Shot has rolled out um, since we last talked about Top Shot and some of the basic stuff. We mentioned, was it last show or the show prior, we talked about the collector score and what was going to be necessary for upcoming pack drops and to get in, involved in some of the, the more high-end stuff. Um, so we got that news from Top Shot. They did their hollow icon drop, which was the legendary drop, was was the stuff that everybody's looking for. It's got the moments that are low, low serial counts and everything like that. So they, they bumped the top shot collector score, which basically what the collector score is, it's a way to reward committed collectors by granting them access to certain pack drops. That's directly from their blog post. They jumped it from 2,500 as the requirement to 7,500 in order to get involved in the hollow icon. So what that did is it really reduced the amount of people that were able to qualify and they've even admitted in in their office hours that they want to keep this number, at least for this legendary type stuff, to about 25% chance of securing a pack. So they, they basically succeeded in doing that. For the hollow icon drop that just happened, they had about 9,000 accounts that qualified out of, and there were 2,400 packs available. 
So they, they've kind of met that ratio, about 20, 25% chance of getting a pack. Now, they did add some, some bonuses that we should keep in mind for the last collector score update. They added things like set completion bonus, team completion bonus. If you collected a full team, you got a bonus on your collector score. They've had things like the nine lives lounge, which is if you, if you collected all the cool cats um, plus the Lamello master, you got a bonus. They've got a marketplace bonus, which basically if you've lost money on Top Shot, if you spent more money in the marketplace than you've taken out, you get a bonus. I unfortunately do not qualify. Some of you may, quali- may, may call me a rent seeker. I'm, I'm profitable on Top Shot. I've taken a little bit of money uh, uh, off Top Shot. So I didn't qualify for the marketplace bonus. I didn't qualify for the the hollow icon drop. Did, did you qualify, Gary? No, I didn't. But I did get that bonus because don't worry, all you losers in the Top Shot marketplace out there, I'm one of you. So uh, <laughs> I, I did have that bonus, but yet I still did not qualify for the hollow icon pack. So the reason why the collector score, and, and, and there's so much that, that goes on here in hell, by the time this podcast is released, maybe there's been a change to the, to the collector score requirements that you need. But basically, as you collect moments, you earn points towards your collector score. For example, a base moment for series two is worth 12 points and so on and so forth. But why that's important is, is you want to qualify for these. If you're, if you're trying to make money or trying to get access to some of these premium collectibles on Top Shot, you want to have access to these these legendary pack drops. That's where the money's made. Um, uh, John, John Jackson, who is great on Twitter, if you're looking for a data resource posted, um, the, the expected value of the hollow icon pack drop. And if you did qualify, you were not disappointed. I can assure you of that. Um, the, the expected value of the hollow icon pack drop was, was pretty insane. So just wanted to get that out off the front. If you're, if you're thinking about stuff that's going to be happening in, in the off season, they've already talked about a run it back series, which is I'm sure going to be a legendary or premium pack drop. You're going to want to try and get that collector score up um, hopefully as organically as you can, but think through some of those bonuses as well. If you're trying to bump up that collector score. And Cody, the run it back series, just so we can everyone, if they don't know, that's when they might include players that are no longer in the league, right? Yeah. And I don't know if they've announced who is going to be a part of that run it back series. But I think for the first one, it was the 2013 rookie class. So you've got like the Giannis and players like that, but yeah, they basically players that are no longer in the league, but they might be in the league, but they just there, it was their rookie year sometime in the past. There's both though, right? Like there's Dirk moments and stuff, I Mm -hmm. believe right there. So, you you know, I think, and those you're obviously going to have, um, you know, a lot of interest in, in a pretty large market for some of those guys that are Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers, whether they are recently retired or kind of, you know, uh, towards the back end of their career, but are legends already. Exactly. Exactly. The other the other thing that Top Shot has right now, obviously, with the playoffs as hot as they are and with the action as hot as it is, um, they've they've got a whole playoff series that they've announced and they've already released one of those. The next release is coming Friday, I believe. So they're going to have moments through the entirety of the playoffs. They've got first round, second round, conference finals, and finals. So those, the addition sizes, they're common moments. They're around 12,000 circulating counts. So those are much more uh, easy to get access to. The pack drop that's coming up on Friday, there'll be about 185,000 total packs. costs $19 and requires a collector score of just 100. So I said 12, 12 collector points for a Series 2 base moment if you've got 10 of those you've already qualified did you so, um did you get a first round of the playoff pack of I did. number one i did yeah. i got it, a uh was it brent forbes moment nothing like it i <laughs> i got marcus smart assist i'm looking at it right now <laughs> worth the juicy 11 bucks but i don't think that pack was that much more than that right so uh, no no so you know just about break even yep the other thing that they're doing, which is which is part of the fun of this playoff set, is they're they've got all those challenges that are going on. I don't know if you followed any of the challenges. Um, the the first one was pretty amazing with the tray shushing the crowd moment. I don't know if you've seen that one yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But basically, what you do is you qualify for you you collect four of the moments from the series and four common moments from the players in that series, and you're rewarded a challenge moment. So, like for for Trey, you collected four of the playoff moments. In the in the Hawks Knicks series, four common moments from those teams, and you, you were granted gifted the Trey shushing the crowd moment. So th- I think that's pretty neat. They're continuing to run those. It seems like they'll they'll be doing those throughout the playoffs. Yep. So yeah, I mean that's something that I'm obviously excited for. We've seen some of the moments in this playoffs. It's like 
literally jaw dropping. And that's the, it's, it's for, kind of hit me for the first time. We're like, Oh my God, that needs to be on a top shot. And I need to own that. Yeah. They have a uh, John Morant one running right now when he had the alley-oop backwards dunk uh, in the air, which I guess, yeah, it was, that was an awesome, awesome play. And that one's running right now. So it's, it's cool. Yeah. They got, you know, you, you need to get a Donovan Mitchell in there and a Rudy Gobert, but it's a jazz Grizzlies combo mm-hmm. moment. And um, yeah, I think that's fun. Keeps people engaged. And the moments they are doing, I think they're doing a good job or a better job now with the challenges where the the moment that you win is more desirable than maybe some of the past challenges. Yeah, definitely. And I think we're we're starting to see that. And it could just be more eyeballs because of the playoffs and things like that. But I, I think we're starting to see that the quality of the moments in these challenges are, <laughs> I mean, that, that Trey one was like the first one where I don't care. I didn't care how much money I lost if I had to complete this challenge. And now I didn't, I bought one after the fact, but I didn't care how much money I was going to lose if I if I wanted to complete that challenge. I just wanted to have the tray moment, and I waited in until after the challenge was completed to get that. But um, that shushing the crowd moment was just incredible. I'm sure that the the Valley Oop that we just saw last night from Aiton, yeah. maybe the shimmy from Trey that happened tonight, some of that stuff. I mean, it's it's one of those things that that truly is what the product was intended for, in my opinion. It's really incredible. Agreed. Um, I'm on the other side of the fence than you with the tray moment because I don't need to be reminded of him shushing me in the face because that's what it <laughs> felt like. Uh, but you know, it's it, I, it's fun. And again, I, I it's now we're we're a couple of rounds separated from him beating my Knicks. I'm just in awe of watching that guy play. So it's uh, it's a good time. Yeah. Anything else on just like the the setting the stage with the collector score changes and the pack drops upcoming recent pack drops? Anything else we need to get out of the way before we kind of take a look at the market and, and talk more basketball here? Not really for me. I mean, I'm just curious to see how this collector score continues to grow. How, you know, are we going to see more packs like that hollow icon pack where you really need to have a high collector score? And it's going to it's going to eliminate a lot of top shot collectors from even, be, you know, given the ability to, you know, be involved in that pack. You know, I feel like I spent a good amount of money on the product and I was still a couple thousand points away. So, um, you know, I, I, we'll see. And you know, maybe it'll make me spend more and guy more and really try to get to that collector score level. If, it, you know, another legendary pack comes out over the next couple of months or whatever it may be that I really want to get involved in, but it's going to be interesting to see how that grows. Cause it's, um, it's an interesting market strategy, you know, strategy that they're creating for mm-hmm. everyone involved. It really is. It's kind of not something that's necessarily um, normal in the, in the cardboard space, obviously. So. Yeah. And we, t- I think we talked about it again. I don't remember which show it was a couple of weeks ago, but how it, it almost feels a little bit like manipulation in the sense yeah. that, well, if you do go out and spend all this money, you'll, you'll qualify for a pack drop that is plus EV in the long run. So uh, in that sense, I understand it. If you take a step back and just think about it as kind of Top Shot's version of a rewards program, you know, is it really all that different from like DraftKings rewarding crowns and things like that? I understand yeah. that there's some there's some differences to each one, but it's it's what Top Shot has decided to do to reward collectors. I do wish it was if there was a way to adjust the algorithm to make it a little bit more organic uh, in the sense that like if you if you are collecting the stuff that you want to collect, that you're kind of rewarded more than if you just go out and complete some of the bonuses that I talked about. I know one of the ones I jokingly tweeted that we need to do a a podcast just explaining the top shot collector score bonus because there was so much going on. But the, the full team bonus, if you completed the full team bonus, your each moment was worth double and then you could stack on top of that so when i thought i was going to collect when i was going to qualify for the hollow icon pack drop before realizing how much money i was going to have to spend i went out and completed the the timberwolves i had no interest in collecting the timberwolves but if i bought every single moment from the timberwolves each one was worth double and then i could start stacking the cheaper ones and they would be worth more so that (laughs) it didn't really feel all that organic in, in terms of like does that make me a true collector no but you know, I, I from that sense, I understand what they're what they're getting for. It's just again uh, uh, their version of their reward system. So I actually ended up doing the same thing with the Knicks because my thought was, hey, if I'm going to do this, I'd rather at least have the moments that of the team because like this team, this this 2020 2021 team was such an important team to me as a sports fan. I was like, well, at the very least, hey, if I don't even get the score, I have these Knicks moments from this fun season in my life, you know. So that was my thought on that, and uh, I was able to complete complete the Knicks. But, so you 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 held it. You held those. You're holding all those. Yeah, yeah, I have them all now. Like I'm like I'm like. Listen, I want to remember that Derrick Rose and Alec Burks were super fun this season. You know, for the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, whatever. It's you know, it's fun. They could sit in my uh, in my collection. 
Um, yeah, I'm with you on the market manipulation. That's kind of been my thought from the very start of, with all this stuff with challenges. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like the way that they're doing challenges with the playoffs. It's kind of more appealing to me. You need less moments. The we just talked about it. The rewards are more exciting. Um, the the stuff with the collector score, especially for those really high end packs, it almost feels like to me instead of crowns with DraftKings, it feels like hey, go chase this qualifying ticket. You know, like put yeah. in a ton of money, try to win yourself a qualifier, and then you're going to get in just because then then maybe you'll win even more money. You know what right. I mean? It's like. Right. That's so you're spending, you know, an arm and a leg almost if you if you haven't um, been in since the beginning almost. You know, it's so I'm a mixed feelings of it, but I understand what they're trying to do. It puts interest in the market. It pumps money for them. It pumps money into the market and it keeps the you know, keeps the marketplace breathing, honestly. So there's there is benefits to it, especially if they're going to keep doing consistent pack drops. So and the other thing, I mean, just think think about how many accounts would have flooded to that that queue for a $230 pack that was, you know, probably worth a thousand dollars at minimum with, with the moments that were inside that pack. Think about how many accounts would have flooded that you would have had a, you know, less than 0.1% chance of getting that pack, you know, by the, by the time you got inside the queue. So yeah, I, you know, like- I, I understand it. It's, there's going to be some give and take and, and we'll still give them credit for being a, you know, kind of the, the startup culture in a young company and things like that. So right. we'll, we'll live with, we'll live with some of the downsides, I guess. Totally. Totally. I, I honestly, I don't hate on it. I, I'm more just fascinated by it. And I watched, I'm, I'm watching it kind of play out in real time and it's interesting. So. Yeah, definitely. And that, that plays into the next, next thing, the, the, just kind of the macro view of the top shot market as a whole and where, where we're at with the market. We know that we've come down on a, on a big slide from February when things all seem to be peaking and every moment was, was reaching there it, its peak. But between May and June, it kind of seems like we've seen some sort of market stability coming off those peaks in February, you know, we, like I said, we were sliding for months and months and it felt like, well, are we ever going to catch a bottom? Things pumped a little bit. And then we kind of came back down a little bit, but again, based on like surface level data that you can look at uh, on any of these number of sites, but I just pulled some stuff from crypto slam. It looks like based off of like total sales and total transactions and average sale dollars, dollar amount. It looks like we, we might've kind of found a little bit of a flattening here. And maybe some of that's held up a little bit by playoffs, but um you know, I don't know if you compare just like the op, the top shot market compared to the cardboard market. Do you think we're we're? I know it's only been a couple of months, but do you think we're kind of finding a, a little bit of a flattening, or do you, do you expect stuff to continue to drop a little bit in the NBA offseason? Or I mean, what what are you thinking going forward for for both of these markets, the cardboard market and the top shot market? Well, you just hit it with the top shot. Well, what will be most interesting is when we hit a real offseason with this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't had that with um, you know it being such a popular product and a um, you know, a widespread collectible at this point where we've had an off season with it. So that's going to be really the, the key, but I, at least from while basketball's on, I don't think we're going to hit the lows that we hit from a month or two ago because we're in the playoffs at this point. So while you talk just over the next month, while we're still in the, in the playoffs and through the finals, uh, I think if, if anything, we're just going to see it keep going up. My hope is that we'll carry momentum into the off season in which we will not, we will still not reach those, those bottoms, We'll see, though. You know, it's an offseason of a sport and around and the collectibles are around the sport that is no longer being played on um, on the court or in real time. So especially if, you know, UFC NFT rolls out, if NFL, mm-hmm. if any news you know, comes around about NFL, people shift their focus to baseball a little bit in stretch in home stretch. You know, you just never know. That's what we've seen traditionally in the cardboard space where off seasons are. The downtime now obviously 2020 was an exception to that with the market booming so much but i do believe now that we've corrected in that space as well we will see that start to come back to to reality where you know there's some buying opportunities we're seeing it a little bit with football right now and i think we'll see it with basketball as well one thing that'll be interesting to me in terms of just the basketball market i mean the the free agency period which has always been an, an incredible time for basketball and they've done really good about highlighting the transaction around the sport and making making it like like the nfl does making it a year-round sport where you have to focus year round on the sport but man free agency looks pretty thin this year so yeah. i don't know how much how much um interest there will be around the transaction in the off season to kind of keep the market uh up a little bit so that'll be interesting i, I i've said this before i don't really want to like try and time a bottom but you have to if there's some of the stuff that you're looking at buying you might have another a better buying window in the coming months it's very true that's a great point you know, we say that about the free agency market and you just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Obviously, this free agency class is a little down, but hey, you never know. Maybe Kawhi calls up uh, Bomber and says, I'm out. Yeah, you know, you just never know. Um, this It's this league for a reason, right? Like, yeah. And yeah, and you know what? You're right, though. The, the NBA offseason is just is almost as popular as mm-hmm. the product on court. I love it. 
And, you know, who knows? People get people talk themselves into the Kyle Lowry story. Where the hell is he going? Ben Simmons is probably going to get traded now. Like, you know, we'll see when those things time up as far as trades are concerned, but it probably will be a more eventful trade season than, than free agency season coming up. But, you know, the draft, it's going to be a fun draft. The lottery just happened. We'll talk a little bit about that. There's they keep the train rolling and and the interest will be there. But, yeah, we'll see if the if, you know, 1201 kicks off for free agency and there's not a lot of big names involved and the interest is waning then yeah maybe you're right maybe we can kind of actually time a bottom a little bit we'll see why, why don't we just don't jump, jump into the next topic here because we want to talk a little bit micro on some of the players that we're interested in some of the players that have had big playoffs some of the players that haven't had such great playoffs um you mentioned simmons why, why don't we just start with simmons because the the game seven look the passing up of the dunk the lack of confidence the, the comments afterwards did not look great from Simmons. Seems like he's on his way out in Philly, and, and he's going to be a big storyline this offseason. Um, I mean, what what are your what are your thoughts on Simmons as a player, and what are your thoughts on his market if if something does change in Philly? Hard to imagine he comes back to Philly, right? <laughs> Especially with Daryl Morey there. Like, he, he, there's no way he's running this thing back in that case. And the, and what's the big move? The, no one's taking out Tobias Harris contract and he had a nice year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's Ben Simmons, especially after there's no other way to say it. Just completely wilting, afraid to yeah. get afraid to even take a layup because he's afraid to get fouled. I mean, there's just there's no way around this. And then there's rumors that come out Stephen A Smith comes out and he said people close to the organization that were saying that he's he's hard to deal with and He's lazy. He doesn't try. And, you know, th- th- there's just no way he's not coming back. I- I'd be shocked. So Ben, the card party is finding a trade partner for him. We don't need to get into the weeds with that. But I mean, Ben Simmons, I, I asked Gallagher, uh, my- the great Mike Gallagher was on our show a couple weeks ago. I asked him, uh, I feel stupid asking this question now when Philly was, you know, still in the in the thick of things. I asked him, what does Ben Simmons need to do to, to take a leap or, or, <laughs> or, or do you or I not even that? I said, do you see a world in which he can ever be a number one on a team? I mean, what a stupid thing freaking question now right oh my god number one i mean can he be a number three right uh is really the question so um you know ben if you want to talk about buying low opportunities if you still believe in ben simmons long term uh, you you have a window coming up right now starting now so do you do you think there will be a, a momentary pump i mean there should be right we know that the transaction matters in the card world will there be a pump when when simmons eventually gets traded right yeah. Yeah. yeah, depending on the scenario, but especially if he goes to a lesser team in which they can build around him, just put mm-hmm. a lot of shooters and he can be a, a driver to the rim and, you know, a, a playmaker, um, you know, with the ball in his hands, you know, essentially you make him almost like a, a Giannis figure where you just put him around a ton of shooters and you let him drive to the basket, be a defensive anchor and never have to worry about anything else. That's that's the that's the role for Ben Simmons, right? You let him you let him take layups and dunks and, and you know, have nice passes and just be surrounded by three or four shooters. And that's that's the role for him. We'll see. I mean, I, I'd imagine most scenarios will be better. I mean, we, we know at this point him and Joel doesn't work. It's that simple. Yeah. Um, so most scenarios will be better for him. We'll see what kind of market he goes to. We'll see what kind of situation he goes to. But yeah, there'll be a pump whenever he does get traded. You know, people still talk themselves into it. I talked about all the reasons on that same podcast. He's a first overall pick who's an international mm-hmm. kid who has – his name has been in our lexicon as basketball fans for – you know, six, seven years now talking before he was even a rookie, he's been a big deal in the NBA world. So people don't want to see him fail. I don't think, but you know, it's, it's hard to see his career um, looking like that, you know, superstar mega career that a lot of people had hoped it might be. Yeah. And there's, there's been a huge coming out party for young stars in this league with the playoffs and, and even guys that aren't in the playoffs, you know, job got bounced in Zion guys, guys that aren't even in the playoffs that you don't, that, that aren't top of mind right now. But it's tough to it's tough to keep keep considering Ben Simmons a part of that elite group as yeah. as some of these guys start to break out. So let's let's talk about the guy that bounced Ben Simmons from the playoffs. What about Trey? I mean, there's no really other place to start in this conversation around the good side of things than than with Trey Young, right? Maybe we could we'll talk about Devin Booker as well. But those are mm-hmm. probably the two cornerstone young superstars in this league that have taken a huge leap in this playoffs. Have you know really just thrown it all out on the table and said, "Here I am, and I'm I'm here to stay." Uh, Trey is a really interesting guy, right? And, and we'll, I'll throw it back to you in a minute to talk about what is some of his top shot stuff's doing, but from a cardboard standpoint, you know, the reason that you're not going to see, and, and his, his PSA 10 base and his silver prism PSA 10 base are stayed pretty stagnant over the last couple of months. And I have a couple of theories on that one pop counts are super high. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to keep things going, you know, uh, weighted down with how the market's been. That's one. Two, you know, people are not, most people are smart that are selling this stuff. They're going to try to maximize timing windows. So you're going to see a lot more of those cards hit the market right now. 
which makes sense. So that's the reason this kind of is having a, a flat line instead of going up, in my opinion. However, where you're going to see Trey stuff go up is the rare stuff, the short printed stuff, refractors, colors, patch autos. Um, that is definitely what you will see. Great, you know, high autograph graded stuff. You're going to see that stuff go up. You already have. Um, I'll talk a little bit about some of that stuff, and we'll comp- then we'll, we'll, we'll compare it to maybe some of his top shot stuff. But um, you know, his fl- I've seen a couple flawless rookie patch autograph stuff sell over the last week, uh, and th- you know, just the base flawless RPA, so on card autograph, nice game worn patch. Um, those are out of twenty five, and those gone for both eleven point five k and eleven point six k. That's a very healthy number for that card. There are lower printed cards of that same card. So you kind of expect those would go for much higher for comparison space ache uh, at the beginning of May one sold for around five K uh, and that was graded. So we're seeing that double in price ungraded. So you're going to see that short printed patch auto stuff go up. Um, his, I'm his immaculate rookie patch autograph, which I actually showed on the show. I have one. I have it actually listed on eBay right now for around six grand. I've had some offers on it. Um, those are going for around four K right now. And they were going for around 2 to 2.5 throughout most of the season. So that's doubled. So you're going to see those cards go up. You're going to continue to see them go up. A card like this, this is just a contender's rookie ticket autograph. It's on card. So this we've talked about contenders a little bit. This is kind of what the flagship football on-card autographs are. They hold plenty of weight for basketball as well. This is the variation. So this is a Beckett BGS 9.5 with a 10 autograph. Um, I'm seeing up one right now on Probstein that is at 12.25 with five days left. I, I think this card would have maxed out at $1,000 during the season. So again, wow. this would probably go for two or three grand. So those cards are healthy. And you're gonna, and that's where you're going to see the playoff impact still have plenty of value, which is, you know, what I want to talk about today is there's plenty, plenty, plenty of per, on-court play, player performance that will still impact the market. It's just happening in the places where it should happen, which is the rare stuff, the the, the stuff we know circulation on, the lower pop stuff. So that's where I'm at with Trey, and I, and I think you know, as long as this run continues, you're going to see that stuff go up. And by the way, if he gets past the Bucks, which is up 1-0 right now, you will see those prism, especially the silver PSA 10. You'll start to see that go up a little bit as well, because that's a pop around two grand, uh, two thousand, I believe. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's that's one thing that we've talked about, too, like in an ideal world in, a, in the collectible space, both cardboard and the NFTs can succeed. Right. And, yeah. and you've got your choice in how you want to collect. And if you're using this as a way to try and make money, too, on top of the collection, then you've got your choice of how you want to try and make money. Right. So um, if you just try and compare the two, if you look at Trey's Top Shot debut uh, has a circulating count of twenty nine seventy eight. So just under three thousand. And has a 30-day average price of about $427 for a market cap of $1.2 million. So you mentioned his PSA 10 Prism Silver. That's got a pop count just over $2,000 and is going for an average price of $1,600 for a market cap of $3.4 million. Right. So if you believe in both of these things long-term succeeding, cardboard and NFTs, and you want to buy Trey, you should have a choice of which one you want to buy thinking long-term financially, right? So you can get Trey's Top Shot debut moment for $427 at about a third of the market cap that you can buy as Prism Silver at and also at a cheaper price. So that's one way that I think we should start thinking about these things if we think that both markets will succeed. Uh, and that's a, that's a really good point too by you on on just the, the premium stuff, the higher end stuff. So looking at Trey's uh, MGLE, which is a, a limited edition out of 299, that thing's up big over the last 30 days too. So um, back towards like the end of May, that thing was going around $1,600. Um, just yesterday, that thing sold for about $2,200. So we're up a little bit on the on just even like his his Series 1 MGLEs, which is out of $299. So again, I think if you're in both worlds, if you're in the cardboard world and you're in the Top Shot world, you should be thinking about uh, the best ways to invest in these players if you believe in them, short-term or long-term, to try and maximize your your buying windows. Yeah, I love that point, man. Like, think about that. If you if you're someone like us that believes in both these spaces, and you want to buy Trey right now, again, I, I mean, it, the market is at a place right now where it's down, so you're actually not going to be spending too much of a premium on just his kind of base or silver type rookie stuff. Compare, look, we're looking at similar pops for that debut Top Shot and his silver Prism PSA 10, but you're looking at a difference of a grand about mm-hmm. of entry point. So if your budget's a little lower, you know, and you believe in what Top Shot could be long term. I mean, what a, what a to me, what what a, a great place to look if you're trying to buy Trey rookie or, or debut stuff. You know, that's it's 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 a great way um, 
to get involved if you want to be in a more affordable price. And especially it's a great way to get involved if you're scared of what base cards are doing right now and you want to stay in that same ballpark. You know, look at look at Top Shot. Absolutely. Yeah, such a good point. I mean, that that's that's the reason why we've been talking about the market dip lately is because of the base cards continue to plummet. Yep. Um, and I think people are finally starting to wise up to the population counts on some of that stuff. Despite the playoff performance as a tray, you would expect those things to skyrocket. Um, but we know that there's that just hasn't been the case. Kick it over to the to the Western Conference. You mentioned Booker. Uh, I mean, he had another performance last night. He got his face busted up, looked sick. The Steve Nash comparison, which is time is a flat circle. It's it's crazy. But uh, <clears throat> talk to me about Booker a little bit. Again, another guy, man. Like I I don't want to give Chris Paul too much credit on this thing, but like we were never seeing this out of the old Devin Booker. He was a he was he just he was a, he was a good stats bad team guy and like look we saw it in the bubble they went eight no in the bubble and that kind of clearly kicked this whole thing off and I give him a lot of credit for for that and he's always a young kid so there was always that ability to to turn the page but to having a triple double in the first game of a Western Conference Finals game against a good defensive team I mean come on come on I don't even care if Chris Paul's on the floor but like what what it's just insane I I am so impressed with him um you know he's got some Kobe in his game he's got some mm-hmm. um. He's got some uh, KD type shots, like those those mid range. He could just kind of basically create it from anywhere. Uh, it's it's very 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 impressive. He's young. He's on a good team that has sustainability. Uh, there is a lot to like about Devin Booker, short and long term, and um, the market's reflecting it, right? So obviously his stuff is lower pop, as given that his his prism was um, from you know we're we're talking 2015, I believe. Yeah, 2015. Um, so you know his base is a safer play than what you're going to get the modern day base right. right so his pop prism psa 10 base is only 1459 so around 1500 you know that's very very low oh yeah you'll have modern day base right yeah yeah you'll live with that when you're looking at lucas right. uh, prism 10 at like exactly. eighteen thousand. so yeah exactly. yeah 1500 so, is quite low so for something like that which again we talk about this the reason why the market's you know taking these hits is because of pop counts on on modern day base cars on ultra modern day base cars so for something like that 1500 2015 you know, we're seeing nice growth, right? One month, 30% climb on that. We're, and, and it's peaked after the triple-double at like, what, 1150 almost, 1115 something like that. So we're talking that a base Devin Booker card hitting that four-figure number. That's healthy, man. That's good. You're, you like to see that. And, I, yeah. and I, I see why. I mean, the product speaks for itself on the court. Oh, for sure. And, and likewise, this Series 1 moment, it's got a circulating count a little bit higher, that 2681 for that circulating count. That jumped twenty eight percent over the last seven days. So yeah, you're you're really seeing it um, for these players that are performing well, and <laughs> it's it's kind of what we've built this show on, right? We want to be able to analyze these things, try and help predict these things, and try and figure out when these when these moments or when these cards are going to be at their highest in value or when they might be at their lowest in value, and try and find points to buy and sell to try and maximize those windows. So. Why don't we just take a take a macro step and and step back a little bit? We've talked Trey, how his prices are up, and Booker's prices are up, and Simmons' prices are down. Just talk about how how important on court and on field performance, both from a team and a player perspective, is for these collectibles. To me, it's still huge. It's still huge. Um, you know, it's it's hard to look at anything like that from a macro like super, super large macro point of view. But if you're talking a day, three days, a week, a series, two weeks, you know, it's it's going to happen. I, as somebody that's literally in those eBay streets selling those things in real time, I promise you, I promise you, we're going to talk about guys like Terrence Mann and stuff coming up here, but I promise you uh, what is happening on the court is impacting the hype, the price, the views on eBay, the watchers on eBay, the number mm-hmm. of bids. It's happening in real time, and it will continue to happen in real time, especially when either a star or a budding star has a flagship game or a guy that is young and has a lot of potential has a breakout game in the playoffs. When it's happening on the national stage, people get excited. The market bumps, even if it's only for a couple of days. You still have that opportunity to advance to take advantage. Uh, and I'm happy to see that still happening. Um, and you know, both from a one game perspective or a full playoff. So like guys we just talked about, like Booker and Trey, or even someone like DeAndre Ayton, who we've spoken a little about on this podcast as well, former first round pick. He's something's happened with his market that I'm really encouraged by. One, he's completely breaking out in this playoffs. So you really love to see it. He just had probably the play of the playoffs so far with the Valley Oop winner. Mm-hmm. Um but we talk a lot about base. Almost every ultra modern dice base prism PSA 10 is down. You know whose isn't? 
DeAndre Ayton. And that's a pop of 37.50. So it's not as crazy, crazy as, you know, his counterparts from the 2018 class, but still it's not nothing. And it's back over a hundred dollars, which you love to see for what's happening with the base cards right now. And over the last two weeks, it's up 12%. Um, and it continues to, if you look at the, the, the graph, it's going up. So you're going to still see it. It's going to happen in the playoffs. The, the encore performance is going to impact the market. All right. Anyone else you want to quick hit on uh, as far as playoff stars or scrubs, anyone else that, that, truly disappointed you or anyone else here that's still in the playoffs that you've seen a lot from? Yeah. I mean, you know, Giannis, you, you, as you said, you, you messaged me tonight. He was doing those, doing his thing in the Eastern mm-hmm. conference finals game. One, you love to see it. I really want to see him continue to do it. I want to see this be a great series. Um, you know, if he can get past this Hawks team now, he's obviously dug himself a little bit of a hole. I truly think just him getting to a finals would be very, very big for a monkey off his back, big for his legacy. If he can win a finals, it's monumental. You know, we're talking, talking, talk, taking his market long term into a completely different stratosphere. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to see it. You know, I'm invested in this stuff. It, you know, it, he's still very high end. He's still someone that's a top five player in the league. So, you know, I want to see him continue to do that. Uh, somebody else that I just thought was interesting to me is is Paul George. His stuff. You know, you, he, Kawhi goes out. He has every opportunity in the world to take a leap, and you start to see it. <laughs> right? You start to see what maybe playoff P come out, come alive, or or maybe just be, be born because it, it's a new thing for all of us. But uh, what happened last night, um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you know, before the value in, in Aiton's game winner, Paul George missed two free throws that could have put the game away or at least could have uh, secured overtime and yeah. um, missing both. And I, I'm just worried to see how he's going to come back from that. Uh, I, I really am. Yeah, you see yeah. you see playoff P. You really do see playoff P and then it's clank, clank. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God, pandemic P is back. And, yeah. and here we go again. And it's so tough to take that away from his performance and you know in it's that last fair. game but it's, it's not, not fair, fair almost but it's not it, fair but these are these are the legacy defining things that yeah. you know when you look back on it you're gonna you're gonna realize that he was without Kawhi, went down oh two i mean they're probably gonna get you know sons and four right yeah. <laughs> sons and four sons and four so um yeah it's it's gonna be a tough look for him long term you know why don't <laughs> you need to you need to you need to take the the other guy on that squad. You need to talk about Terrence Mann for a second sure. because you've got some cardboard stuff of Terrence Mann and talk about maximizing a buy a selling window and taking some profits off the table. Uh, why don't you tell the people about your trade trade uh, your Terrence Mann love? Yeah. So first of all, I just want to say from the from the start, Terrence Mann's a guy that I've liked for a long time. He was one of those guys that we talked about this a little bit too, like taking shots on NBA players because. If they're, you know, especially in the modern day NBA where like there's guys throughout both rounds that have a lot of potential. You know, we talk about Poku in the middle of the first round. A lot of guys were trying to speculate on Sekou Numboya, you know, late first, you know, all the or late lottery. Um, just high upside guys. Man was one of those guys that I was buying a little bit just because I um first of all, I liked what I saw at Florida State. And, you know, he's just there was always rumblings from Clip the Clippers that they liked him a lot. And anytime he did get on the floor, he's looked good. Um to see what he did in the playoffs a couple of days of games ago, where it's just literally it looked like he'd been doing this for 15 years in the playoffs and just go absolutely bonkers. I wouldn't have expected that. Uh, that said, I do have a good amount of Terrence Mann. A lot of it I just have from collecting during the time of his rookie year with Zion. You know, he was in Zion's class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a great time to talk about what I like to do for, for my play, like what I'm selling in the playoffs. So the, the way, and then I'll talk about specifically what, what's happening with Terrence Mann. But what I like to do is, you know, obviously I'm selling and buying all the time, but a lot of the way that I sell is all the time I'll be making drafts of cards on eBay. So like I'll take the pictures, I'll make the listing, but I won't list it. Um, so I do that all the time and then I'll have them ready to go so that I'll have a computer in front of me when I'm watching the games. And as the games get down to the wire, get closer, closer, or if somebody started to break out more, maybe I'll make one of those listings go live, right? So when Terrence Mann the other night, I had about four or five Terrence Mann's listings ready to go. Um, Immaculate rookie patch autographs, premium immaculate rookie patch autographs. So these are acetate, nice cards, shiny um, on-card autographs. It's over there. Sorry, I'm going to show you some other Terrence Mann stuff. Uh, on-card autographs with with patches, um, RPAs. So this is high end. Again, the same stuff we were talking about that you'd expect to see go up. So I, and you know, so he has the game of his life in the playoffs, um, and I I throw them up. And like just to talk about the market being indicative of their performance, I was getting hits on these cards from a views perspective, from a watchers, and from a bids and offers perspective that I haven't gotten on cards in months. Wow. Like really just crazy. So I did a little thing where I put two Terrence Mann rookie patch autograph cards on eBay right now. Um, just as a little experiment. I did one at an auction and one at a buy it now. 
just because I wanted to see what what kind of you know it's it's always good to see when when like a, a guy surprises like that to see what might pop. Um, and the auction card, I started at ninety nine cents, just let it go. Um, it got up to like four fifty out of nowhere. This is a card that I don't think I could have got one hundred fifty bucks for in the middle of the season. <laughs> so, and it's not done yet. It got a couple of days left. Um, the other card I put up for a thousand dollar buy it now, and I have offers around five five fifty. That one's a little bit lower. Um, serial number so we'll see but either way the fact that i'm about to get between four and seven hundred dollars for two terrence man cards i'm about to make what fifteen hundred bucks on two terrence man cards yeah i mean even if they're nice rpas we're talking a, a sec a late middle second round pick um who had just one great great game uh and you know people are going crazy because he showed the goods in the playoffs and that's what you're going to continue to see happen so i have a lot more terrence man i'm going to keep i have a bunch of more drafts if more stuff happens for him in the playoffs that'd be great um so I have, I do have what would be considered his flagship rookie patch autograph card. I did not put this one up. Um, maybe I will. We'll see. Uh, this is just this National Treasures true rookie patch autograph. So that's out of ninety nine. Uh, you can see it's the the vertical and it's on card autograph with the jumbo patch in the window there. That is going to be like the flagship of an RPA. Uh, so I have that card as well, which is obviously if I did put that up on that same night, would have I'm sure gotten a ton of love. So. It's good to see that that kind of stuff still happening in real time. So don't tell me the hobby's dead when people are willing to spend five hundred to a thousand bucks on a Terrence Mann card because he had thirty points in a playoff game. You know. Yeah, and I love that you're you're willing to buy you're willing to sell that stuff when everyone else is rushing to buy and trying to maximize that window. It's 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 brilliant and some of the stuff that you can do with some of these players that are left in the playoffs because you you we've talked about it off air, but you, you can find windows on these guys that are they're going to be cheaper in the off season, right? Well, listen, in, listen. in some cases. If I want to buy Terrence Mann again, there will be opportunities for me to buy Terrence Mann again, right? Like right. we have the offseason coming up. Um, even if he leads the Clippers to a championship, there will be a time when he gets hurt or something, you know, knock on wood, whatever. He's going to have down windows in his future. He's not Paul. There's still Paul George and Kawhi Leonard there. Like he's going to have times where you can pick up that stuff again, even if it's higher than what you ever expect to pay for, but it's lower than you're selling for now, right? Which is what the same thing we were talking, we're going to talk a little bit about buy a sell. Like to me, Trey Young right now, especially if he, if he gets to the finals, and I mean, there's oh, no reason man. to think he can't. That guy's a sell. He's going to be a sell, especially for the stuff that we were talking about, the patch auto stuff That's or rare stuff. That's going to be a sell right now because there will be an opportunity for you to pick buy back into the Trey Young market at some point, whether it's early next season or whatever it may be. If the Hawks get to the finals and just get it off to a disappointing start next year or if we just hit the lull of the offseason, there's going to be a time to buy Trey Young again. So maximize those sales windows. You don't know when they'll come around again. Like that's that's what this market's all mm-hmm. about. Um, there was another guy like that, Kevin Herter. That's my guy. Uh, he's a he's a terp. I'm a terp. So that's actually somebody that I've kind of PC a little bit, not yeah. to the extent of RJ. So like I'm not afraid to let that stuff go. Um, did the same thing. I had a, a gold out of ten rookie patch autograph of him from Immaculate. Put that up when he had his um, game seven that he had, which basically let the Hawks advance. Uh, and that also taken off. It's already at like 400 bucks for Kevin Harder or Kevin Herter RPA. So very good about that. So, um, you know, that stuff will continue to happen. I have some other Kevin Herter stuff that I like. Uh, here's a Mojo PSA 10 Prism rookie. So these are out of 25. Um, very cool card. Yeah, I love I love that guy. And I like to see him uh, do do well like he's doing right now. Yeah, he was he was Kevin tonight, not Kayvon, right? Mm-hmm. Did you did you see that clip? He had a couple Kayvon moments in the second quarter, but I think he ended up at Kevin as Kevin at the yeah. end of the game. <sighs> Rough, rough. Hey, they got they they snuck out the W. That's all that matters. You mentioned a few things that I think we should touch on because I think it's where you can you can for sure add a ton of value uh, to the top shot discussion. Yep. Being a cardboard guy and being knowing as much as you do about that space, you mentioned how the RPA stuff is the stuff that we expect to go up, and how the prism base stuff is the stuff that we don't expect necessarily to hold as much value long term. I'm curious, just your sense, um, looking at the top shot landscape and looking at the marketplace. What are the moments that you're looking at that you expect to hold value long term? This can be your micro take, your macro take. You you could say it it could be all related to serial number or mint count or just having superstars. Just curious what your general stance is on like what's going to hold value long term. If if Top Shot is to succeed in 10 years, what will be worth the most on the platform? Yeah, that's such a good question. And so for me, like what I've been buying up a little bit in the dip of Top Shot is the 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 triple badge rookie stuff. Like to like if I'm going to speculate and just my background being in cardboard obviously, um to me that's the stuff that should have the long the whole, you know, the the longest term uh, sustainability. Um and the triple badge rookie meaning it's his first Top Shot moment, it's his first rookie it's a rookie moment and it's his first what am I missing there? Uh so it's 
minted in his rookie year. Minted in his rookie year, right? Yeah, right. and yep, and rookie moment, okay. and top shot, and right. and his debut game. Right. So for for me, that's the stuff I'm looking at, and then. I, I go back and forth on the value of series one versus series two versus future series. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Like, and I want, I think this is a great point for us to have a conversation. Like, do you think if you're buying um, a superstar card, is it long-term? Do you think it'll be better to have a lower serial and lower circulation count series two card or a higher circulation, higher serial number series one card? Like I, I, that's where I'm, I'm still mm-hmm. trying to parse through what I think is, is, is a better buy. Yeah. Personally, I think the series one stuff, that's like been a big strategy of mine, a mm-hmm. bit, a big point of mine. I think the series one stuff, and I think that is less related to like what cardboard collectors would think and more towards like the NFT space. I think the people that come from the NFT space will think this is the first series of, you know, the first true sports collectible, the first officially licensed sports collectible. And so that will hold value in that sense, just like the crypto punks have held value and things like that from the the NFT space. I think that that's going to hold more value long-term. So it might be higher serial numbered or might be higher circulating count from series one, but I think it'll be more valuable than series two, but I'm totally with you on the three badge rookie stuff. And like you said, coming from the cardboard space, we know that, that the rookie card is the most sought after card. I mean, the the other stuff hardly unless it's shorter printed stuff hardly holds any value so like i'm thinking base stuff for non-rookies going forward will be pretty low and when they get into series three and series four and the circulating counts get up to you know 50 100 200 000, i think that stuff's obviously going to be very very cheap and the stuff that we're looking at in series one and series two is going to look really short printed yep yeah i mean you look at a lot of those three badge rookies on top shot are series two moments but they're uh, 4,000 circulation count, right? So yeah. that's, which is great. Like I have a couple of quicklies cause that's my guy. I bought up mm-hmm. a bunch of pokus when he was at like 50 bucks. That's at 72 right now. Um, so, you know, th- I think there's opportunities there and that's still not, you know, the quickly ones at 103. Uh, he's a New York kid who showed a lot of flash, right? Like you're going to, there's buys, I think in that three badge rookie range, when you're talking about a 4,000 circulation count, as you said, we're going to see a lot of 50,000, maybe more in the future. Uh, I'm just to circle back on the series one thing. I'm with you. The the it's interesting comparing that to a cardboard space because I do think it's that is more exclusive to NFTs. Mm-hmm. However, you know we don't really see it in modern day cardboard. Like Bowman still releases a first edition product. It's all paper. It doesn't necessarily hold as much value. You're not going to see that first edition product release if I'm comparing series one to a first edition, right? Right. However, where you do see it is when it's actually the beginning of something. So Pokemon. I don't know that much about it, admittedly, but. The series, the first edition 1999 stuff, if you have a first edition Charizard 1999, it's going to be a lot more than the regular 1999 hollow Charizard. So I do know that that's the case. Not to mention, I think the comparison on the cardboard side would be just like the the, the Onus Wagner, right? Like the, the first yeah. ever rookies, the first ever printed baseball stuff that was circulated and important and just stuff from the 30s and 40s and 20s. Um, I think that's the way you can compare that stuff. And you do see that stuff hold nostalgia value, hold um, – just being rare and just having a lot of um, like auction value. So I think you're right. I think that is, you know, if this is something that's around for, you know, or that has legs for 20, 30, 40, 100 years, I think you're right. I think people are going to seek out that series one stuff. And I wonder what, because, you know, they had to start somewhere, right? They had to start with a season at some point and they necessarily aren't going to have rookie moments for guys going all the way back. So they might not have a LeBron rookie moment. I wonder going forward, like, are those rookie moments from, like, is Cade Cunningham's rookie moment going to be at 4,000? Or is Cade Cunningham's rookie moment going to be at 10 or 20 or, you know what I mean? So that's one thing, like, looking at the, and we can get, we can get into buy and sell now because a lot of my guys are those, those three bad rookies. There's a few from, there's one from series one that I like and a guy that I've talked a lot about, unfortunately. Um, But I'm curious going forward if that's going to stay at 4,000 or if we're going to start seeing future rookie classes as the product grows and as the user base grows, have higher circulating counts, making these current rookies from series two even more valuable. What a great point. Yeah, that's fascinating, right? Like I, to me, I almost hope that like when Cade and Mobley in the 2020, 21, 22 class comes out, I hope they keep it at that 4,000, 5,000 yeah. number. Like to me, that's cool. Like that first three badge rookie, you know, that's 5,000 or less. Like I would love right. if they keep that around that. That would be cool to me. Um, and it would, it would create a rarity. It would, you know, keep the interest in those, those moments high. And then you could still release their second moment at 35,000 or whatever. But to keep that first ever minted one at, at uh, 10,000 or 5,000 or less, I think that would be a cool strategy for them to go with. 
Yeah. Well, the lottery happened yesterday. We know, we know, we, we kind of have an idea of, of who's going where right at this point with, with looking at mock drafts, but we got locked in lottery. We know which teams are picking where. Uh, any of the current moments on the Top Shot platform that you think could see any sort of shift based off of the lottery, the way the lottery ball shook out? Um, for anyone that, that wasn't paying attention, the Pistons got the 101, Raptors 102, Cleveland 103, Rockets fourth, Wolves fifth. Um, <laughs> the Wolves fell out, right? Wolves so fell out. After, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so what, what is it, what does it look like for, you know, some of those teams that'll be picking towards the top half of the lottery? Do you think any of the the current rookies or young guys on those squads will see a big shift with the, with the way the lottery shook out? Yeah. So let's start with the Pistons who got the number one pick, which means that they won the Cade Cunningham lottery, literally. Um, congratulations to them. I think that actually, so they, they got a four rookie class from this past yeah. year, all of which guy all got, all of whom got real minutes. Um, it definitely impacts some of those guys. Uh, and I think we actually have real buy sell opportunities right off the bat, just based off the fact that they're getting Cade Cunningham. It's an interesting situation. Um, Killian Hayes, which was their big uh, French lottery pick point guard rookie there's no way to look at him as a winner in this there's just not he's a ball he's a he's a ball handler ball first guard um who needs the ball in his hands to succeed to be a playmaker kate Cunningham's going to take in and take that role from him mm-hmm. there's just no really way around it um to me that's a guy that i'm probably staying away from unless you love that guy long term i don't know if enough about him he got hurt he came back at the end of the year he looked a little bit better than he did when he was healthy at the beginning of the year um i think a lot of people like his potential kevin o'connor of the ringer had him as his number one overall prospect last season so there are people that are certainly killian hayes believers if you are one of those guys there's a chance at hey maybe they can play together um you don't know i don't know that much about kate cunningham to say that they can't but maybe he's a buy for you as that market dips in speculation or when Cade gets drafted. But to me, I want to talk about guys that I think we're going to benefit from Cade Cunningham. And those are the other two rookies that um, both of which I believe made all rookie teams, Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart. Sadiq Bay looked look great. Um, you know, showed a lot as a, as a wing that can shoot, that can uh, create his own shot as well. Um, and to me, if you got, you're bringing in one of the best playmakers to come out in a long time and Kate Cunningham, I think there's no reason to think that he can't benefit those uh, attributes for Sadiq Bay. So that's a guy that I'd be looking at as a potential buy. And then Isaiah Stewart, we talked about big men. He's kind of more of a burly, um, you know, protect the rim, but can get up high block shot guy. Another guy that, uh, you know, pick and rolls with, with Kate Cunningham could benefit a little bit. I'm never big on buying big men, but just in general, if you want to talk about NBA outlook could, could benefit. So the Pistons right off the bat, um, have guys that are going to be impacted. Jeremy Grant's the interesting one is somebody that just committed today to play for team USA. So obviously people around the league are still think highly of him. Um, had a little bit of a breakout season this past year, putting up numbers on a bad team. We'll see how he, you know, he comes in. I, I wouldn't do one, one thing or the other with, if you have Jeremy Grant stuff right now. Yeah. So Sadiq Bay doesn't have one of those three-star rookies that we mm-hmm. mentioned his and his is out of 12,000. Right. Uh, Ellie. So that's, that one's pretty cheap. $24. Uh, on the top shot marketplace right now. And Isaiah Stewart, you got a guy you mentioned. And that's one thing, another thing that I wonder about comparison to cardboard and and top shot. We've talked about how big men have a tough time breaking through. They've really got to be transcendent and like guys like Jokic and and Embiid and and they've even struggled to really break through in their markets. So um Isaiah Stewart, $49, his three badge rookie, four thousand circulating count. So yeah, there's there's moments out there right now. I guess Sadiq Bay has a hollow icon from series two that's listed at 1360 right now. So hmm. interesting stuff there. Uh, that one's bad. out of 99. That's not bad. Uh, yeah. the Raptors, the Raptors snuck in. They, they, they kind of come out a big winner here. Um, yeah, we, we mentioned Lowry off the top. Is Lowry going to be out and one of these guards going to come in for him? I think this just locks up Lowry being out. I think everything was, was leaning towards that anyway. He's going to get one big payday on the market. It's a weak free agency class. A lot of people can use that veteran, that, that point guard. I'm sure the Knicks will be interested in Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, he is somebody that uh, has had a great career, but you know, they, they have a young, good nucleus and they're about to add one of these elite um, playmaking guards to it. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jalen, uh, to see Suggs go there, um, which I think would be great next to Van Vliet. And that guy's a killer and just see the Raptors, turn this thing around in one year, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So I don't know how that really impacts them long-term other than just, Hey, Kyle Lowry is probably um, almost definitely moving on. What about Cleveland? Cause there's a guy in Cleveland that I'm kind of in on and it stems from a cleveland.com article, which is probably not a good reason to, uh, to be in on a player, but I'm kind of a buyer in the, in the, the year two leap for Garland. He had a pretty good uh, sophomore season. So if, if they get one of those top guards in the draft, do you think that saps his value? And should I, should I wait on buying Garland? 
No one has better lottery luck than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh my gosh. It's actually unbelievable. Like I don't, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just, I don't know what they're, they're doing over there, but they're doing something right, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they do here because I mean, logic says that they take a guard based on what this, this draft class is looking like, unless they want to go Kaminga just to, to, um, you know, satisfy those two young, you know, guards that are both, both looking up their, their um, careers. Garland look good, as you mentioned. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do. I mean, if you take the guard, uh, is there a chance that one of those guys is out? It's certainly possible. You know, and I, it's kind of a situation that I just want to stay away from right now. Garland, I like. Um, Garland's an interesting guy that has a market in cardboard. Uh, his actual just like base and silver rookie stuff. Um, and just any kind of base, good base rookie of Darius Garland actually holds a lot more weight. Fun fact about Darius Garland, he did not sign on with Panini last year. So he has no autographs. Um, uh, so basically people really seek after his colored and refractor stuff. If there are Darius Garland collectors. So he's an interesting guy and he looks really good. And I like his long-term outlook. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know what Cleveland does if they have that three guard system going on though. Yeah. His top shot stuff. He's one of those that's, um, series one rookie. He doesn't have the three badge, but, uh, he's got the two badge plus a top shot debut debut on series one. Um, his series one debut moment, common moment is out of 39 99 and is currently going for $88. So again, uh, who knows what happens in the draft? Maybe you wait till after the draft. If they pick one of those forwards that is, is a better fit, if they want to continue to roll with Sexton and Garland, you know, maybe he, maybe he sticks with his opportunity there and, and continues to get usage. Yeah. And, and maybe that, if they, they love Sexton and Garland so much, maybe they trade back, you know, yeah. and pick up some more picks for the future. So who knows? You got to wait and see. But these are all it's 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 good to speculate on this stuff because maybe there is some buying windows for guys that can be impacted, uh, which this is the biggest one for me. And this is pure Gary just going off of the rails that I'm going to speculate. But the Rockets got the number two pick. Good. Good for them. Their tanking worked. Um, they're almost definitely going to take Evan Mobley. This is a one and two, you know, Kate Cunningham's one. Evan Mobley's two in this class. That's pretty much consensus at this point. To me, that's very interesting, because if I am the Rockets, I am trading Christian would reason being contracts amazing people will give up a lot for him he's still young but the rockets are very very far away um mm -hmm. he's not so so young where he's like 21 and they can use him to build this as just like this cornerstone with mobley plus they play the same position to me if i'm the rockets i'm trading christian wood and who knows where he goes because i think the people that would be interested in him are contenders are guys that can take on that contract because it's not that bad and uh would be getting a guy that when he's healthy is you know really really on the the up and up I don't know if they're going to do that. I, you know, who knows? He's a super, super talented, still young kid. But to me, that's the move I would take. I would go full on process, uh, rebuild with the Rockets and build around Mobley uh, and and trade Wood. But that's that's what I would do if I was them. Curious, curious your thoughts there. Yeah, I I like Mobley, and I think that makes a ton of sense. And he would have a huge market, I would think, as as kind of that crazy athletic big man, super long, and you know, especially being the one hundred and two. Yeah, it would make sense that I mean that would be his team, right? <laughs> because, totally. like you said, they're they're so far out that the, he would be the kind of the center stone of their rebuild. And the the people that I trust that that understand the draft process and understand the prospecting are pretty high on him too. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I I love Mobley. So that's all to say that if if they Mobley goes, I like him future too as well. I think he could be a superstar built a, a team built around him. And if they were to eventually, whether it's this year or next year, move on from Christian Wood and he goes to a contender. I think there's there's going to be buying opportunity there too because he's not a traditional big man either. He could do a bunch of different things. Um, thing with him is he doesn't have that many cards out there in existence, so he's somebody that um, maybe you look, yeah. you turn to Top Shot for. And I think that's a it could be a buy for sure in the future for Christian Wood. Yeah, definitely. Any anything else that happened uh, yesterday with Lottery Night that interests you? No, the Wolves shouldn't have shouldn't have started winning at the end of the season. <laughs> They're idiots. Um, they they shot themselves in the foot just to have a little um, team camaraderie and and uh, you know. I, I don't know what they're doing, but you know who, who knows? They're they're not going to be good. Um, the, the the magic, they have very bad lottery luck. I feel oh. terrible for them. That sucks. I mean, at least they have five and eight, but they should have been in that uh, that top top range. They 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 full on tanked. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm excited for the draft. I love the NBA offseason. It sounds like we both do. It's silly season, and it's uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's let's hit uh, buy sell quick before we hop out of here. Any any guys that you're let's just do rapid fire. Any guys you're interested in buying right now? Or are you going to wait for the off season? No, I'd start buying Luca now. You know, right when he gets eliminated. Yeah. Um, you know, his stuff is hitting lows that it really has never hit before since his stuff's been slabbed up. Um, he, you know, again, we. <laughs> 
I, I would still stay away from base, even though it's hitting crazy, crazy lows for what his stuff is. I mean, it's dipped under, he just dipped under $700. You can get a high 600s for what I think is the first time, really, as long as I could remember. That was a card that was still in the four figures, even when I started, we started this podcast. So he's down 26% over the last month. Uh, but that has a pop of 17,000, right? We talked about that. However, uh, the silver prism for me is definitely a buy because it's only a pop of 2,000. Now, we're not talking like, that's not a super super low pop, but it's 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 manageable, and that just went under four thousand for a long, uh, for the first time. Now I know that's not necessarily in everybody's budget. I completely understand, but if it is, to me, you know, there might be there might be some more room there a little bit, but I wouldn't say I don't see that card getting to like three grand. A silver prism PSA ten of two thousand dollars for the best young player in the league to me. Yeah, that's um you know, and that was six k like a month ago. So we're we're down. You can get a two grand discount on just a uh, peak from a month ago. Um, I, I'm starting to buy Luca soon, and uh, I'll and I probably will continue probably over the next month or two. Yeah, and speaking of huge differences on pop reports and circulating counts, his Top Shot uh, debut moment has a circulating count of 3,500, 3,524, and it's only six hundred dollars right now. So again, if you believe in both products long term and you want to invest in Luca, uh, you know, and your your budget isn't quite up to that that three four grand level. Think about looking at Top Shot because yeah. if he opens next year as an MVP favorite, and you know maybe, who knows what the Mavs do this offseason. Seems like it's uh, things are get things are getting pretty weird in the Mavs front office. Yeah, maybe maybe they make some changes and, and they open up as a, a serious contender again too. So consider that if if you want to get invested in Luca this offseason, his Top Shot debut has a circulating count of around thirty five hundred, only six hundred dollars right now. So it seems Love pretty that. affordable to me. Love that. Any buys for you? Um, one guy that I hate to continue to talk about, but he kind of fits my whole investment thesis on top shot. And that's RJ Barrett. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. You, again, I keep talking about your guy, but, uh, series one base moment circulating count under 3000. The low ask is super low, th- uh, 359. You can pick up a few of them. He's the lone series one, three-star rookie, right? So he's got the, he he's in series one, which I love low circulating count, which I love. Three-star rookie, which I love. New York kid showed me enough last season that I think I can still I can still talk myself into his long-term potential. So yeah, I'm 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 in on RJ both cardboard and and Top Shot, and I think that everything about RJ's moments on Top Shot, especially the Series One debut stuff, just kind of fits my thesis around what I believe is going to hold value long-term. So if RJ is legit in a couple of years, I think the fact that he's got that three-star rookie and is, is a Series One guy is going to be extremely valuable. Um, yeah, he just turned 21 last week, so he just had his first drink, which is very exciting. Congratulations, <laughs> RJ. Uh, he's a baby, and he's my guy. And I, I can't believe that moment's that low. You said 359. I still yeah. never I still never picked one up, um, but I'm going to right now while we're on the podcast. No, I'm, I'm literally going to buy one tonight. So yes. uh, I'm, very, I'm very excited to own that moment. That's, that's great. Uh, you can actually, I see, so I'm seeing 375 right now for the two, well, that's the one out of 2882, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, I've seen 375 as a low ass, but I also see one for 405 for serial number 368. Like that looks nice to me. Maybe I'll just yeah. buy that one. Uh, yeah, that's great, man. I love RJ. Uh, quickly, because we don't like to go over an hour, and here we are over an hour because we, you and I like to chat. But um, uh, I talked about Trey. I don't, we don't have to rehash that. To me, sell now. You can buy again later. That's what I'm doing mm-hmm. with Trey. The, the guys like Herder and Man, we talked about, you got to sell them when these opportunities arise. You got to. Unless you're talking top shot, Terrence Mann's first top shot, I think, is 15 bucks. I'm yeah. not, if you like Terrence Mann, go for it. I love right. that. Buy Terrence Mann on Top Shot. But on cardboard, you got to sell that stuff. Uh, anything else buy sell for you? No, he was the main one. I mentioned Garland. Um, you know, all the all the Series 2 rookies that are at 4,000. Who knows what's going to happen with this next rookie class. If that thing opens up massive, you know, because they've got so many more users, they've got to try and, and, and get moments in their hands, then that Series 2 stuff just seems like super biased for me. But yeah, even like LaMelo, uh, you know, we... <laughs> We don't know what his pop's going to be, but I would not be shocked if that thing, you know, based off of print runs, if that thing doesn't touch 20,000. I mean, if Lucas was at 17, 18, if, if Lamelo's prism base cards touch 20,000, I really wouldn't be shocked. So getting his 4,000 LE top shot debut moment for 600 bucks makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, and then all those guys that, you know, Gallagher did a, a quick hitter on uh, episode eight, I believe, episode seven, and just talked through a ton of guys, rookie guys that he liked. Uh, Poku and Obi and some of these guys that didn't necessarily have great rookie years, but uh, showed enough that he can believe in them. Uh, maybe takes a ne- takes a step next year. So all those guys are extremely cheap on Top Shot and and kind of fit the criteria that we're interested in in term in terms of like long term holds. 
Yeah, no, I, I I'm totally with you there. Yeah, it's exciting. There's a lot of good young players in the league, so I'm I'm excited to see how all that stuff. I'll push back quickly on the Lamelo thing. The only reason I think maybe that pop won't get as high is a PSA is doing all these rules to discourage sending base cards, which I think is going to work. You know, as good far point. as limiting um, types of submissions that they're going to have, I wouldn't be surprised to see this continue to do this throughout the future. By the way, like, hey, we're we're not taking express. I mean, we're not taking ultra modern stuff right now. We're not taking yeah super value, whatever. I wouldn't surprise to see that do that. One, two. Prism Hobby and and retail came out at such an expensive number this year. I think that just less of it has been ripped. So I wouldn't oh, be sure. surprised to see that number be down. Now, if you were lucky enough to get a Lamelo color Prism rookie, spend the three hundred bucks, send it to PSA if it looks good. If it tends, sell it right now. I've seen like an orange on golden. I think was at like thirteen point five k. That's out of yeah, 49. that stuff is insane. Like what? An orange prism rookie for the mellow, like that should never be over five hundred right now. Seriously, <laughs> like that's and it's gonna. That's probably gonna finish at like twenty, thirty grand. Yeah, I mean, come on, like get that stuff graded, sell it. Yeah, that, for sure, that's, that's easy. Um, I don't really have much else. I think this was a fun episode. It's it's fun to shoot the shit. Yeah, I love talking. I love talking hoops with you. It's always a blast. Um, really good to get this top shot episode out of the way and and talk about top shot. It feels like we kind of put top shot on the back burner as, as both of us are more in, in in the cardboard space. So. Uh, love talking top shot. I love the top shot platform. I think everything that we've talked about is going to be successful top shot cardboard fractional. Um, it's just a good time to a good time to be in the industry right now, even as things are kind of, kind of settling in a little bit, but we knew that was going to happen, right? Yep. Absolutely. My last thing for you, have you watched any more of the F1 drive to survive? Netflix no, I've got, I'm, I'm distracted by NBA playoffs, you yeah. know, but <laughs> no, how, how far along are you? In, I finished, in... I finished okay. the hockey series and I watched the French Grand Prix on Sunday. I am all in. I love F1. Everyone should watch F1. Max Verstappen had an excellent win in the last lap against Lewis Hamilton. Just good stuff. There's a lot of great strategy that gets involved there. You know, Red Bull, they did a two pit. They, they stopped twice where Red Bull, uh, Mercedes only did once. They have their their tires were done by the end of the race. Red Bull took advantage. It's great. Everyone should watch the docu series and get into F one. I can't wait. I'll show you off some of my F one cards next week. You're an expert. You're an expert already. I do. I Look love at it. this. I'm okay. Only- can you can you give us an update on the Hamilton card? Are you still holding on to it? Have you got any any big offers yet? Still holding. You and I were just talking off air how both of our lives have been incredibly busy over the last yeah. week and a half. So unfortunately, I haven't had a real chance to uh, source it out and and mar- network it out as much as I would like. But uh, next week, I plan on on doing that. I still have some offers that I'm considering, but next week, I'm um, I'm planning on on shopping it around more. So I'll, I'll hopefully have an update for you guys. Perfect. Speaking yeah. of next week, we've teased giveaways in the past, and and Gary gave away a Trey Young that talk about a timely giveaway. You just you you crush that for our listeners. Yeah. We want to do something else for you guys, but you got to pump those numbers up. You got it. You guys got to go out there, subscribe, rate, review. If you if you've stuck with us for an hour and seven minutes now, come on, come on, help us out. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. We uh, it, we we greatly appreciate it. It's the only way we can keep growing this thing. And you guys have been uh, loyal to us, and we really really appreciate it. If you can tell tell someone you know if they like sports, if they like cards, if they like just two guys that are great looking, um, you know, th- 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 do it for us. We we appreciate it. Yeah, and we we really do. We really appreciate you guys being here. You you take an hour out of your day. You've got all kinds of content you could listen to, but you li- choose to listen to us. So we want to reward you. I've got a 1999 Upper Deck Incredible pack that I received from Rally Road. I want to give that away next week. Get those get those rate and reviews up there for me, please. I want I want to see some nice comments. I want to feel good about myself. Compliment Gary and I on our looks. Or just tell us what you want to hear content-wise. I mean, it's just just be honest with us. But no, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give that away at the front end of next week's episode. Hopefully, we'll be recording a little bit sooner uh, than, than Wednesday night. But yeah, subscribe, rate, review. We will be here next week. We appreciate you spending an hour of your night with us. And uh, for Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you next week. Peace out.